0: Chapter two of the Silver Princess in Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson This Librivox recording is in the public domain Chapter two The Elegant Elephant of Oz Fortunately, the doors of Randy's castle were high and wide, and the rooms so large and spacious even a guest as large as this elephant could quite easily be accommodated. Still irritated by the gatekeeper's insolence, Kabumpo followed the young ruler to the throne room, where he sank stiffly to his haunches and waited in outraged silence for Randy to speak. Randy however was so surprised and happy to see his old friend and comrade he could not utter a word, but the elegant elephant could not long withstand the honest delight and affection beaming from the young king's eyes and under that kindly glow his wrath melted away like fog in the sunshine. "'Well, well,' he rumbled testily, "'how do I look?' "'Elegant,' breathed Randy, stepping back to have a better view. "'Elegant as ever. You've worn your best robe and jewels, haven't you?' "'Always wear my best when I call on a king,' said Kabumpo smoothing down his embroidered collar complacently with his trunk. "'And I believe you've grown a foot,' went on Randy, standing on tiptoe to pat Kabumpo on the shoulder. "'A foot!' roared the elegant elephant, throwing back his head. "'Oh, ho, ho, come now. I couldn't have grown a foot without noticing it. And I still have but four. Here, count em. Say, who in hay bales gave you that black eye?' you did randy fairly sputtered with mirth at kabumpo's discomfited expression i was just wishing someone would hit me in the nose when along came that rock and now look at me yes put in uncle hoochafoo regarding kabumpo severely through his monocle now look at him well why didn't you tell that wart of a doorkeeper i was expected demanded kabumpo explosively the king of regalia does not hold conversation with his doorkeeper explained randy's uncle giving the elegant elephant a very sour look oh he doesn't kabumpo lurched grandly to his feet well it's time somebody told him about the elegant elephant of oz and how he should be received and welcomed let me tell you sir trumpets blow when i come and go in Pumperdink. then why did you ever leave there inquired the duke coldly oh uncle don't you remember we were to review the purple guard at five you go urged Randy, fearful lest the temporary old duke would still further insult the even more temporary old elephant. "'Honestly, I feel a cold coming on,' Randy coughed plaintively, at the same time winking at Kabumpo. "'Very well, I'll go,' agreed his uncle stiffly. "'But do not forget—' There is a dinner for the grape growers at seven, a concert for the goat herdsmen at eight, maneuvers of our highland guards in the royal barracks at nine, and—' "'Yes, yes, all right,' Randy fairly pushed his royal relative toward the door. "'An ancient pest, if I ever saw one,' grumbled Kabumpo, as the Grand Duke disappeared with a very grim expression. "'Great gooseberries.' do we have to do all those dumb things why it's six years since i've seen you randy and i kind of thought we'd have a cosy time all to ourselves (sighs) i never have any time to myself sighed the young monarch wistfully i do nothing but lay corner-stones and raise flags and stand around at royal courts and receptions everybody bows and bows Why, it's got so I even bow to myself when I look in the glass. And now—Randy raised his arms indignantly—now Uncle Hoochifoo says I must marry. Marry? Trumpeted Kabumpo, twinkling his eyes angrily. What nonsense! Why, you are nowhere near old enough to marry. You were only about— Ten when I met you, and that makes you sixteen now, though I must say you don't look it.' "'Oh, no one in Oz looks his age,' grinned Randy. "'And you know I'd been ten for about four years before I knew you, Kabumpo, so that makes me twenty or so, doesn't it?' "'I don't care what it makes you,' rumbled Kabumpo. "'It makes me mad.' and to think I actually helped get you into all this boring business. My ears and trunk, Kingling, it's up to me to get you out of it.' "'How?' demanded Randy, folding his arms and leaning despondently against the mantle. "'How does one stop being a king, Kabumpo?' "'Why, by stopping,' announced the elegant elephant, spreading his ears to their fullest extent by taking a vacation, my fine young Sprig, by departing and going hence for a suitable season. Do you suppose I came all the way from Pumperdake to hear goat herds tootling on bells and highlanders tramping round a barracks? I came to see you, my boy, and nobody else." Kabumpo paused to blow his trunk explosively on a violet silk handkerchief and after that I thought we'd go and visit the Red Gin. Oh, kabumpo, could we? Randy's face brightened, and then quickly fell. I don't believe Uncle Hoochafoo will let me go, he finished dolefully. A king does not ask whether or not he may go. He goes, stated the elegant elephant, beginning to sway like a ship under full sail. But to avoid all arguments we'll not start till later. Could you be ready by midnight, young one?" "'Oh, I'm ready now,' declared Randy, picking up his cloak from the floor and snatching a sword from its bracket on the wall. "'Why did you ever wait so long, Kabumpo? You promised to visit me six months after I was crowned.' "'Well, you know how it is at court. The elegant elephant sighed and settled back on his haunches again. "'If it isn't one thing, it's another. But here I am at last, so order up your dinner and a few bales of hay and a barrel of cider for me. I crave rest and refreshment.' "'And what about the grape-growers, the goat-herds, and Highlanders?' worried Randy. "'Oh, them!' exclaimed Kabumpo inelegantly. "'Here!' Seizing a pen from the royal desk, he scribbled a defiant message on a handy piece of parchment. "'No admittance under extreme penalty of the law. Do not disturb. By special order of His Majesty, King Randiwell Handywell of Brandenburg and Bompadou. See, I remembered all your names, and I've used them all.' Opening the door with his trunk, Kabumpo impaled the notice on the knob, then quietly closed the door and turned the key in the lock. And only once did they open it, and then to admit ten flustered footmen with Randy's dinner and Kabumpo's cider and hay. To imperious raps, taps, and numerous notes thrust under the door by the young king's agitated uncle, they paid no attention whatever. They were too busy talking over old times and the exciting days when they had journeyed all over Oz, and with the help of Jinnicky, the Little Red Gin, saved the royal family of Pumperdink from the Witch of Follensby forest Pumperdink, as most of you know, is in the north-central part of the Gillikin country of Oz, and ruled by King Pompus and Queen Posi. Their son, Prince Pompadour, has much to say about affairs in that kingdom, but it is to Kabumpo, his elegant elephant, that Pompus turned oftenest for counsel and comfort. Given to the king by a celebrated blue emperor, Kabumpo has proved himself so wise and sagacious Pompas depends on him for almost everything. It is Kabumpo who advises His Majesty when to have his hair cut and put aside his woolen underwear, when to go to the dentist, when to turn in his old four-horse chariot for a twelve-horse model, when to save money, when to spend it, how to get on with neighboring kings, and how to get on without them. In fact, so heavy are the duties and responsibilities of this remarkable elephant, It's a wonder even after six years he managed this visit to Randy. Randy's first meeting with Kabumpo had been more or less by chance. Sent out disguised as a poor mountain boy to pass the seven severe tests of kingship required for Regalian rulers, Randy had happened to come first to the kingdom of Pumperdink and had been hailed before the king as a vagrant. The elegant elephant taking an instant fancy to the boy, had insisted that he be allowed to stay on as his own royal attendant. And in this comical capacity Randy's adventures had begun, for scarcely had he been in the Palace of Pumperdink a week before Caddywig, the King's brother, and the Witch of Fallensby Forest, plotting to steal the crown, caused the whole royal family to disappear by some strange and fiery magic. Barely missing the same fate, Randy and Kabumpo managed to escape. On their way through the forest they met a soothsayer who told them to seek out the red djinn. Now no one in Oz had ever heard of this singular personage, but after many delays and hair-raising experiences. Randy and Kabumpo finally arrived at his splendid red-glass castle. Jenaki, it turned out, was the wizard of Ev, and a merry and strange person he was. Jenaki's whole body is encased in a shiny red jar into which he can retire like a turtle at will, and the little wizard's disposition is so gay and jolly everyone around him feels the same way. Not only did he welcome his visitors, but set off immediately to help the royal family of Pumperdink out of their misfortunes and enchantment. Once in Pumperdink, Randy, with the help of the Red Gin's magic looking-glasses, was able to trace the lost king and his family and release them from the witch's spell. But before that, and while he was traveling here and there with Kabumpo and Janaki, The little prince was fulfilling all the tests and conditions required by the ancient laws of regalia of their kings. In other words, he had made three true friends, served a strange king, saved a queen, showed bravery in battle, overcome a fabulous monster, disenchanted a princess, and received from a wizard an important magic treasure. And now, looking back on those brave bright days, he could not help thinking that earning his crown had been more fun than wearing it. "'I wish we could do it all over again,' he mused, as Kabumpo, after recalling their visit to Nandiwog, the little giant, tossed off the last of the cider. "'But think where we're going now,' gurgled Kabumpo, setting down the barrel with a resounding thud. If something strange or exciting does not happen on the way there or back, or in Jannakee's castle itself, I do not know my Oz and Evistory. Can't you just see Jannakee's face when we arrive? I wonder if Ali is still Grand Advisor, and if the magic dinner bell is still working. Yes, yes, who's there?" Kabumpo raised his voice irritably as a persistent whistling came through the keyhole. "'It's Dawkins,' explained an anxious voice from the other side of the door. "'The Duke says it's high time His Highness was in bed, Your Highness.' "'Oh, be off with you. Go dive in the feathers yourself. His Highness is going to sleep in here on the floor.' Kabumpo stood so close and spoke so violently through the keyhole, Dawkins was blown back against the opposite wall. For a time footsteps pattered up and down the corridor. Then, finally deciding the young king was to have his own way at last, the footmen and courtiers, and even Uncle Hushafu, took themselves off. But not till everything was absolutely quiet and still, and everyone in the castle asleep, did Kabumpo and Randy venture forth. Then, stepping softly as his own tremendous shadow, the elegant elephant with the young king on his back slipped through the silent halls and deserted courtyard past the snoring sentries and keeper of the gate and on out into the foresty highlands beyond the palace wall here in the bright white light of a smiling moon they took the highway to the north for the castle of the red jinn lies to the north by northeast of regalia and oz "'How'll we cross the deadly desert?' murmured Randy, drowsily clutching the few belongings he had tied up in an old silver tablecloth. In it he had his oldest suit, some clean underwear, his toothbrush, and his trusty sword. "'Never cross a desert till you come to it,' advised Kabumpo. "'And we've crossed it before, you know.' "'Yes, I know,' smiling to himself randy dropped his head on his bundle and lulled by the agreeable motion of his gigantic bearer soon fell asleep to dream pleasantly of ali Babble and of ginger slave of the red jinn's dinner bell End of chapter two